0: Well, welcome everyone to a new episode of House Call, a Crit Rate podcast. We are back again with our friend Steve Jimenez of TikTok Games, makers of Wrestle Story. Steve, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. Happy to be back. Thanks for having me. I'm also
1: here with Justin Chow. I'm also another guy here as well. What's up, guys? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're back again. Uh, we've kind of been discussing having a second uh, a second podcast with Steve because we were really kind of jiving super well in the first one. And we're like, you know, it would be great to have something just a bit more relaxed. Just talk about what we're playing, you know, more industry stories and and the like. So here we are. We found ourselves back.
2: (laughs) Yeah, this is like the perfect way to end my week, too. This is a Friday for for me, so... Yeah, and for you, a,
1: apparently. It's a Friday for you. <laughs> Maybe not literally. <laughs> we live in different time zones, but the days are more or less the same.
2: So. Uh, wait, isn't that? I don't know how it works, man. You
1: know. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's funny because, like, this all, it's funny because uh, this all started because we were talking about Final Fantasy at length, Final Fantasy 16, and Steve reaches out and is like, yo, I want to talk about Final Fantasy 2. And we're like, okay, yeah, Final <laughs> Fantasy 16 is definitely what we want to be talking about most of the time, anyway.
2: No, yeah. I want to talk about Final Fantasy 2. Yeah, I had to clarify as well. The black sheep, the black sheep of the franchise. Oh. Well, to,
0: to get us started off, Steve, how was your week? You said this is the perfect end cap. Has it been uh, busy over at TikTok? It's been
2: great, yeah. It's always, always busy at TikTok. We got a bunch of different things going on. Obviously, still, you know, cranking away at um, at our game. Wrestle story, wish list if you can. Throw that that pitch out there. We need, oh, the, yeah. we need all the help we can get. Um, but. But yeah, man, it's you know it's been it's been a good week. I mean, I feel like games games is hard, man. Games is hard. Yeah. Um, the games industry is is going through another weird time as it does cyclically. Um, so you know we're we're a little scrappy indie studio trying to get our get our footing back after you know ups and downs. But you know, luckily we're we're on the up on the upswing now. So. Uh,
0: that's awesome. I mean, good. Yeah. Are there upcoming like events or things that you're preparing for? I, I I'm always curious because yeah. like Justin and I aren't involved directly in any sort of like game development stuff, so I'm always mm-hmm. curious what the the waves are. Like, is it just kind of like a the heads cycles. down mode? Are you just building, or are you like planning for? PAX East next year
2: or like are you guys going to PAX
0: West like what's the uh what's on the I agenda
2: it's it's honestly it's it's honestly all a blend because I mean one from one week to another it could be like hey there's this cool opportunity that just came up Um this group wants us to pitch them on this idea or this franchise or something like that and then we get this cool opportunity to like say hey let's bring a bunch of designers together or bring a bunch of engineers together and put together a prototype or an idea and show it to that particular group or publisher right so like a lot of the time it's like hey we're working heads down on this thing and it's one project and everyone's focused but some of the time which right now it kind of feels like we're doing a ton of different things right like Hmm. from big to little to like ports and, you know, you're doing like, games like outside. Oh of yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Sorry for like speaking too vaguely. I'm trying not to like, No, it's <laughs> okay. too specific, it but like, yeah, I think there's, there's right now. We're just, we're just doing a ton of different projects, some big, some little. Um, so I, I would say you kind of never know really. I mean, I think I'm really only speaking to like the indie experience because, mm-hmm. um, when you're on like a triple A game, you're on that game, yeah, and solely that right. game, and yeah. solely that very specific part of that game for you know five years, or four or five years, or whatever, depending on how early you're on the project. So, right, yeah, um, yeah. For us, we're just like scrapping, being like, "Hey, can we put our game on this platform? Can we do this? Can we go to this event? Can we meet with these people?" So it's like yeah. a constant. It's a constant thing for us, you know. Yeah. So you, no, you, go ahead, go ahead
1: Oh, sorry. I mean, I just want to, I had a quick question about what you were mentioning. You said you were prototyping or rather you prototype out like some ideas for publishers. Yeah. Do do they approach you to like kind of pitch them back like uh how you would go about doing specific projects? Is that how that works? I I have no there's idea. There's
2: totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, that's a great question. Like there are I feel like a couple of different ways that it happens typically. So, Yeah. Luckily, like we've been around for a decent amount of time. We've shipped games, which mm-hmm. shipping games like, like I said, games is hard. So, Shipping a game shows that you're sort of a somewhat battle-tested studio that can get games out, that if someone comes to you and says, you know, here's a truck of money, you are going to actually make something that can go out and be sold. Um, so uh, for us, we're lucky enough to have people sometimes come to us and say, hey, we have this you know, this, this, um, project that we want to work on. Can you guys pitch us what your version of it might look like? Right. So someone who is involved in a franchise or, um, or just has an idea that they think makes sense might Mm -hmm. come to us and say, Hey, we, we, we would like to make this. We would love for it to come out within this window of time. Um, what is your version of the game? Right, And then we have mm-hmm. other people where we go to them and we say, hey, we have this idea. Check it out.
1: Right? We like hunt I those see. people down. Yeah, that totally makes and sense. So it's both like in both directions. It's almost as if you have a project, then you search out the publishers to be like, look how cool this is. We can sell this. Yeah. And the publishers on the other hand, they say, hey, I have an idea for a project. Can you make it? And That's you exactly out, right. Are you pitching against other studios simultaneously? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it is yeah, like yeah, yeah. agency life. That's fascinating. it,
2: it, it, it is and I think it, it 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 certainly depends on the relationship there like yeah. if it's like, you know, someone comes sometimes people will come to us and just be dead set on like, "Hey, we want to work with you. We want, you know, we want you to do this pitch." Right? Yeah. Um, and then other times we'll get um, we'll get a document that's like, "Here are the requirements of what we want." Yeah, Um a brief Yeah, like, give us now your version of what that is. And then at that point, we try to, you know show them our vision as quickly as possible so that's like getting getting a designer to come up with ideas getting an artist to put together like a screenshot or some a couple of different ideas for what the characters might look like oh, that's so cool
0: yeah now from yeah. from an attention standpoint i imagine this creates uh, some challenges too because it's like as a developer it's like you want to be focused on like the main game like you want to be on wrestle story right yeah. but you also have to like keep the lights on and t- and t- you know yeah. reap what you can sow when that when the opportunities present themselves so it's like if we just yeah, shift gears speed. for a
2: second that mm-hmm, yeah. you know that gives you some more runway or what have you, right? I mean, it's such a such a good observation, and I mean, yeah, anyone who's been in the industry um, on the indie side, um, or sort of like w- w- like the work for hire side of things, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. like that's typically like our business is pretty split, right? Like a lot of and a lot of indie companies do this, um, mm-hmm. where like, I, like one example I can think of is um, the folks that made uh, Fall Guys. I can't remember um, the name of their studio. Um, um, but they, those guys have been been around making mobile games for quite some time. And mm. they would do a lot of like... Mediatonic? Uh, yeah, there you go. Mediatonic. So I think yeah. they did like a Gears of War Funko Pop game that was kind of similar to yep. um, like Clash Royale style gameplay. Yeah, play. like a tactics kind of thing. Um, and the reason why I think of them is because we too made a Funko Pop game about collecting Funko Pops and... Uh, uh, it's like a Funko Pop match three called Funko Pop Blitz. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm just thinking of like the the parallels between our studios, but they they the difference is they've had a recent mega hit, right? With mm-hmm. uh, with Devolver and Fall Guys, and those guys have been just grinding it out in the uh, in the mobile game, you know, work for Higher Space for a really long time, and oh, yeah. they just stumbled upon that mega hit, you know, and and that happened, and that's super awesome. Like, so like there's a lot of studios like like us who you know we're still looking for you know, our next big thing, right? Yeah. But yeah. Just constantly grinding it out and being like, okay, we're going to take on this work for higher projects. We're going to knock it out of the park because we care about making games fun. Even if it's not our original, original idea, we're like, we're going to put our flavor on it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, put our stank on it. As we say, but, <laughs> uh, that is interesting because I keep thinking, I mean, this only like really appeared in my mind when the PS five was launching and they should mm. like blue point games was the one that did demon souls. And I was like, that's yeah. such, it's interesting what made them get – and then I started getting into it and I found out that, that that's kind of like their specialty is like kind of porting stuff and making it like spiritually. like. So it's interesting to think that yeah. there would be a publisher to come with like an IP or an idea to a studio specifically and be like, you guys, can you do this? Yeah, and they're like, like well, I will take your one. money.
2: <laughs> I feel like – want to know – I'm oh, sorry, Steve. Go for it. I was going to say they, they want to know that um, – that you're going to nail it for them. They want to de-risk it. So they're going to come to you if you have existing technology or existing expertise in a very specific space. Like people, I think people forget like, like game devs are much like a director. They have a specialty, right? Like you're not going to ask, you know, um, uh, John Carpenter to make like a romance or something. Right. Like, although (laughs) that sounds awesome. Like that could be, Um, but so like, you get these cases then where that becomes like a self fulfilling prophecy of like okay well now now we are the people who do this right like yeah. so you build your business around a specific type of thing and then people come to you and they're like oh these are the guys that did these mobile puzzle games all right let's let's ask yeah. them to do that for us right
0: yeah I think in the AAA space probably the most like present example I can think of is like Platinum Games right. So it's like they've, they've got their yep. individual bangers, right? Like, the, you know, they've got their Bayonetta's and all this kind of stuff. But then they might get licensed by Activision to make some Turtles game or they might get licensed yeah. by, you know, Nintendo to make Astral Chain or whatever. Right. Yep. And it's like, hey, we know that you guys are the character action game people. And then Square Enix comes yeah. up and they're like, hey, we want you guys to handle near automata like that that's what we need you to do (laughs) like pitch us yeah
2: or like or like insomniac going and saying we're gonna make a spider-man game right and that being Mm -hmm. like a very much ace you know insomniac game for sure but yeah you know it's it's it's, it's hard to say i don't know exactly how like did did uh platinum pitch like for example did platinum pitch nintendo on astral chain right it's possible Mm. that that was just their thing and they pitched it around and nintendo was like oh man we got to pick this up i'm not exactly sure how all of that all of that yeah. shit yeah, out. out. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. guarantee
0: that it's all like every situation is going to be a little bit different. You're yeah. uh, right. But, yeah. uh, but no, you make a good point and it's interesting to to kind of look at, you know, development houses in this way because I think a lot of people think that they're, you know, this company is just making this this thing and everything's going to be this like, you know, this major, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say that everything's not a passion project but it's like they have, you know, your your home yeah. built thing and then you also have this sort of like contracted work and you kind of need both, I imagine, yeah. to,
2: to keep everything. well rolling. they they feed each other, too, because like a lot of the work that may have not been your passion project like helps you to practice and helps you to get better and helps True. you to 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 train people and helps you to get expertise you never would have thought you would have had. Like if we didn't get into doing like mobile games, we would never have understood, like, you know, free to play. Player behavior and Uh, how you know how to how to look at analytics for games and all that other good stuff and like that sort of helps us then to refine stuff in our like you know uh, more sort of console centric or like you know hardcore game type. It's really
1: building up the resume and the portfolio and like those things draw the experiences which then are the ingredients to make the next big dish. Basically,
2: like look at look at what was it? Sorry, was it Bittronic or Playtronic? I can't remember the name of the. (laughs) I just Playtronic. There you go. Yeah. Um, the, so those guys i mean if you look at what they did in their mobile stuff they yeah. were building up the capacity to be able to do live operated games because doing yeah. live operated games like like a fortnite and like whatever like that's that's difficult <laughs> as heck yeah. right like especially like you know, having the having there be synchronous multiplayer going on, but they built up all their server tech, and I'm sure they have some really solid backend engineers, and yeah. you know, all their events, like launching live events and running like storefronts and all that stuff. Like that stuff takes a ton of time to master. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I I would imagine
0: too, even from like a workflow perspective, right? Because I imagine if you're working with one of these other publishers, they probably have a certain like project management style. And maybe that teaches you guys how to be more efficient in some ways, just because like, you know, Uh, you're kind of being held to task in a a way.
2: All I can say is sometimes, sometimes they (laughs) don't like sometimes, sometimes people come to you and they say, Hey, we we don't have any of this. Can you do all of it? (laughs) And we're like, we'll figure it out. (laughs) You know, like, how much money do you um, have I, for it, game <laughs> coach? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes, you, some, I've been surprised in the past that, like, oh, you guys don't have something to handle this. They're like, mm-hmm. no, you, you guys just, we'll just pay you to do it. I'm like, okay, we'll like, figure it out. So, you <laughs> we'll know, take that. It yeah, yeah.
1: like, building the game part, like, I, I can, I can wrap my head around building a game per, like, you know, the creative direction and then building mm-hmm. the mechanics and developing that. But when it comes down to, and you brought up the multiplayer aspect of things, especially like Fallout guys. I can't even imagine what that's like. Like when yeah. when 343 came out with like the the which one, the Halo Master Chief collection and like the multiplayer was absolute trash. Like I can only yeah. imagine that that was the first time that they actually started like really digging deep into this like I don't know, it's just like the experience I guess. Scale
2: too. Like right, that's exactly. like Halo, you know, you're launching with Yeah. Tons of players coming in. It's not like we're, you know, soft launching in a small market and doing all. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they did a ton of beta tests yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, but, Nintendo yeah.
1: hasn't figured out multiplayer very well either. But it's just fascinating. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, it yeah. really is, man. It's it's
2: it. Like I think like what um my uh it's something that my CEO sort of instilled in me. Like cause I'm by the way, like I think I mentioned this before, but I've I've known Sharif at our, at our company for a really long time. But one like I think really good piece of information that um, he continues to remind me of is that um every game that you build is you know a step towards the next game that you're going to build mm-hmm. and yes. so you 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 don't get to for example like the example that we were talking about was shantae which is a game that um you know he was involved in at way forward like you don't get to a Shantae without all of the previous you know yeah. game boy games that you're putting out or ds yeah. you know like game game boy what's a game boy it called totally so yeah, like like you have to build the technology like build this piece of this game this piece of this game it's like suddenly now we know how to do for example in wrestle story now we know how to do quests and now we know how to do you know yeah. RPG yeah. mechanics and turn based combat and blah 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 right you're kind of building up all your pieces
0: yeah it's it's like you you take the the other work to give yourself the chance to make the wrestle story you know what I mean yeah uh-huh. it,
2: that's true too financially right like financially yeah, yeah. at the end of the day it's like. Take, like, take the other work to learn and to keep the lights on so that we can you know do the thing that we're not yeah. getting paid for on a day-to-day basis, basically. For sure. Yeah.
1: You know, I will say another studio that comes to mind as far as, like, the come-up and, like, you've mm. seen chapters in them and, like, the layers of their from soft like the stuff that they make totally feel the same way from their original demon souls i know i already mentioned demon souls all Mm -hmm. the way up to now and that's why i feel like armored core next uh in the next couple of weeks is going to be so fascinating to see what they've learned so far from like elden ring and all the other souls games yeah you don't get you don't get elden ring without like five or six bloodborne yeah Yeah, exactly right exactly precisely so they uh, yeah like
2: they they were making like popular niche games that people were like, oh, these little bits and pieces are really cool and really interesting, and like mm-hmm. are my favorite game because they are so different than what I normally play. Yeah, yeah. And then they figured out how to refine that to the point where mainstream was like, wait a minute, this is actually really cool <laughs> and amazing. And yeah, yeah. It's funny.
0: So, like if if you want to look at FromSoft in particular, like you'd look into their back catalog and you could tell where the levels up in production comes from, you know what I mean? Because, like, if you go back and play some of their earlier stuff, you know, the the Kingsfield, the Murakamas, like, all, all these kinds of games,
1: it's they like... They had, like, RPG makers, too, didn't they? Well,
0: they, were, they, were, they dabbled in a whole bunch of different stuff, but it's the it's the kind of thing where it's like, those games would never, like, could never reach the highs that they got to now, but yeah. you know, Steve, to your point, they were sort of, like, these necessary building blocks. I'm sure, that like, there was a lesson with every single one of those things. It's like, they went and made, you know, Otogi or whatever, and it's like, you know, they're just trying out new stuff. They're trying character action. And I'm sure some of the lessons that they learned from making Otogi it directly fuels into stuff that we see in Elden Ring and all these kinds of things.
1: Totally. So I definitely don't want to jump the conversation, but a quick tee <laughs> up to a, a light transition. Steve, how many Final Fantasy games have you played in the past? Oh, wow. OK, Um
2: I'm doing the mental math here like bday- ignoring bday- bay, bday like yeah ignoring like the side ones and like theatrical and sure. all that other, yeah tactics yeah. and all that stuff love tactics um Same. i would say i want to say i probably played seven or eight of them okay so i'm not like a complete i haven't collected the whole set of you know i would like to at some point just for sort of like, on history right now i have oh, two you're nuts, blind man. spots
0: i have two blind oh spots which is 10 two, and uh and 11 those are the only ones i haven't played i've played every other thing
2: I feel like you, yeah, 11, you can. That's an MMO, though, isn't Let it? Let that one pass. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, super dated But it's still, it's part of the journey, man. They wouldn't have called yeah, it 11, Like, they wouldn't have given it a numbered entry if they didn't think that it was a necessary stepping stone, you know?
1: Maybe. <laughs> could have also just been a marketing tactic. But I hear you, and I appreciate the level of enthusiasm around the numbered uh, Final Fantasies. But, Steve, I would say, like, uh, over the course of your Final Fantasy career yeah. so far, and yeah. now we've kind of, like, come to the the latest, you know versions of the sixteen, final fantasy 16 like have you seen the same levels, like level ups from back then to now
2: i mean yeah it's 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 hard to even call it a level up because of the amount of times they've reinvented themselves like yeah. it, like yeah. it, like you have to you have to sort of like applaud the how daring they've been i mean i think it's like a combination of like being daring and also try and keep up with the times and adapt with the times as well right totally. um but i think either way it's like there are certain hallmarks of Final Fantasy that have stayed true, um, yeah. but man they've like like to, to even to call it like a a level up is like I, I think it's like You're they've right, just changed time. genres and they've moved around a bunch I mean sixteen yeah. has officialized it, but you could yeah. definitely see like the Animorph transformation you know like the frame by frame transformation from Final Fantasy twelve <laughs> right Final Fantasy twelve I think was the big the big turning point to. Yeah. Final Fantasy uh, sixteen now. Yeah, we we had mentioned that.
0: this on one of our previous podcasts, and I I do think the point is very salient that like mm-hmm. part part of like as much as you know, um, and obviously we're we're gearing towards the the greater Final Fantasy sixteen conversation. is what what you know was the inception of this podcast. Yeah. But we're it's taking like, the we're, big deep breath before the conversation. Comes yeah, out absolutely. Right <laughs> <I> just wanna, <laughs> you know, make sure we're there. But it's like. Uh, as much as like Chocobos and Cactars and Tonberries and stuff are hallmarks of Final Fantasy, I think mm-hmm. one of the other most strong elements is that – or is that these games are so iterative and like evolution – like they yeah. – they, their evolution in genre in – you know, just trying different things like that difference is part is one of the hallmarks of the franchise. Like every game has a massive swing of change. Now, those changes might have been more minor between like, you know, one and two. But like when you start to really kind of zoom out and look at like, how are these games different? Like none of them are really the same. You know, everything has some sort of you know, gravitational leap. And I think 16 is probably the most, uh, starkly, let's say, yeah. From like Um,
1: probably all other final fantasies, I would say.
0: Yeah. But, but I think for, for the game or for final fantasy being these sort of like seminal, like put a flag down, like this is where we're at in games development and history and all this kind of stuff. I feel like it still does carry that sense of gravity. And I think 16 is a really good example of like, why these games are so important in the greater scope of, like, video games mm-hmm. and, like, how things are, are yeah. you know, developing.
2: Be- before shooters completely took over on console, right? Before, like, I mean, obviously there was popular shooters before, but things like SOCOM and then into Halo and into, like, before that became the game that people would line up to get, yeah. it was Final Fantasy. Like, oh, Final yeah. Fantasy, yeah. especially, like, 7, 8, 9, 10 era, like yeah. people would line up. I remember going to, you know, my local game store, and there was people out the door, like waiting to grab their copy. Right? Well,
0: like, yeah. I mean, it, I feel like those games, in a big way, served as a marker of like this is this is what this means, right? Mm-hmm. Specifically, Ten, I think, was probably the most potent during its time, where it's like you played Final Fantasy Seven, Eight, Nine, like that's when it was probably at its peak popularity, and people yeah. were looking at Ten, like, oh my
2: god, like this is what the PS2 does, like yeah. this is how crazy yeah. it's about to get, you know. Yeah, um, in many and, ways, it was like the. I mean, I don't know if the, I don't know if the numbers say this, like the sales numbers, but in many ways, it felt like the the biggest climax of the series as far as like popularity, um, and production value. Um, I think I until until sixteen, like now, yeah. right? I mean, fourteen is is extremely popular, but it was like a it, quiet it rolling. Build as opposed yeah, to it's like, sort of uh, exist
0: in a different spot. It's like, you know, yeah, I feel like uh, not all 14 players play other Final Fantasy games, right?
1: Yeah, really? I, and also 14 had an interesting rollout too. I mean, like yeah. that game again, another MMO, and it started out as being kind of like a failed MMO up until they rebirthed it and then it yeah. came out and became a huge success. But, um, man, I remember 11 and 14 specifically, like 11 specifically. Mm-hmm very dated it's hard to get into if you try to get back into it but there are some hardcore 11 players that i know um but you're right though i i would definitely agree final fantasy 10 specifically was the moment where everything started to feel like okay so this is like one of the pinnacles of this console mm-hmm. and i should look i should pay attention to final fantasy from this point forward yeah. i'm
2: curious to hear your opinions on, I've, I've i've not played Ten Two. Yeah. Um, and I want to that I have that on my Switch, and I'm like, okay, I, I, I definitely want to go back to this. I'm curious to hear when you play 10-2 what your feelings yeah. are. That might trigger me to be like, all right, it's time to play. It yeah. here's one of my blind spots. I'll
0: be honest; like, I kind of, <laughs> it's weird. So, like, you played the Final Fantasy Seven games. It's almost like, yes. like when I when I played Seven, like I when i met justin in college i was kind of on this rhythm where i would replay final fantasy 7 like once a year basically mm-hmm. since i was like eight like it was like that mm-hmm. kind of game for me so yep. then when stuff like dirge of cerberus came out and all these things i kind of had this sort of like repulsion is too strong yeah. a word but i was like this isn't the world that i fell in love with and now it's just like this weird distorted thing and it feels like not yeah. the same and in a lot of ways, I, I kind of like feared Ten Two being that way because it's like I, I see. feel like the gravity that Ten has. I'm like, this is so cool. And then when you see Yuna as like a pop star, I'm like, this is just so tonally different than what I want from this. So I kind yeah. of was like, let me just not like potentially hurt my view of what Ten
2: is by playing Ten Two. But it I was could a be bold move. Wrong. It was a bold move, and at the time, I remember it being divisive. But that might have been for like stupid reasons. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't for me it's like it's kind of cool that they gave us this big world and then they were like let's let's do something a little bit different here yeah Yeah. um so i think like at the time i was really interested in it and i just didn't have a ps2 yeah yeah. um but now i'm like okay it's been what 20 years like maybe it's maybe it's time to to crack it back open and see how that thing how that thing feels I feel like it, any of the spin-off
0: games like they always seem mm. like I don't know like interesting ideas but then kind of like fumble a little bit like I weirdly enough I was one of the fans of 13. I actually really liked mm. 13 a lot when it came out um understanding of all its flaws but then when the subsequent games came out uh, 13 2 which actually is fantastic but then mm. Lightning Returns Lightning Returns was such a deviation from it and it really did seem sort of like fans and like weirdly indulgent in that way and it's just again it's it's not even the content like the content yeah. that the game was it's just how tonally different it is than the yeah, rest
2: of the Yeah it felt like it was existing in a whole different like I don't I don't want to say universe but I mean it like from a like sort of like almost like she wasn't even the same character right it was exactly. like there was just a
0: completely different feeling it, Exactly yeah. right so it's like the the reasons why I thought this was good and and I mean this this is uh actually a good bridge back into 16. It's like when I was playing the 13 games Mm. from a narrative perspective, they were just so like weird that it's almost Mm. like, the little that I understood about 13 when I was playing it in real time didn't translate to those subsequent games to 13, two or like yeah. returns. They just, it just didn't make crystals, sense, man. It's all Chris. It's all about the crystals, man. <laughs> yeah. It, it yeah was, I don't know. No, It's, <laughs> it's just sort of a bizarre thing to kind of wrap your head around you that about
1: every final fantasy. Game. I yeah, was exactly. called like kingdom
0: hearts syndrome, like kingdom hearts. Yeah. one, I could wrap my head around, but once you get into like two and all the subsequent games, it's like, I just, yeah. it's so like, I don't know like narratively unsophisticated. It, it's almost just, like yeah.
2: it's, but it's, but it's also like equally crazy complicated. Like yeah. where there's a point where there's like, it's almost like someone took three or four scripts and just overlaid them on top of each other. Yeah. And we're like, this is the story. It's and done. If, it's like,
0: if I was being as generous as possible, I would call stories like that. It's almost like the story is too big for the game to handle. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's like hard for it to, to tell the
1: story. Well, yeah. Um, or it's just bad writing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what, where, where does it come from? It has to be coming from something because yeah. I, it, I, I totally agree. Individual. Yeah. Okay, as
2: someone who is you know working and writing a game that um, has a lot going on and a lot to sort of like tie up and deal with, like yeah. I can say that like probably the individual writing was good. But the way everything was ultimately placed in the game and tied together yeah. was is is what I think ends up making something harder to parse, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. where do you like the, like when you're developing your process of like writing the writing the game and then putting it actually in the game, experiencing it, iterating on it, like, it, and that's moving through multiple people, like level designers, like mm-hmm. you know. How these types like, of side quests and all this other kind of stuff. D- d- and then that's when you immediately just get this kind of like disparate feeling, which I think sometimes does happen in final fantasy 16, which yeah. actually, by the way, before we move on to 16, this is going to be the meme. We're just going to keep on saying before we, move on to 16, <laughs> yeah, level, yeah. um, uh, final, final fantasy 13 lightning returns. Yeah. I think actually is the perfect segue into 16 because the combat system is so similar in a lot of ways. Like, They've got the stagger system. They've got the like switching paradigm outfits system, which like it's not literally what happens in this game, but it's basically what happens where you're like you, you have cooldowns for your different like attacks with those icons and you switch between them. Like it's eerily similar for a game that, was pretty universally panned. It's it's a good
0: point that you make, actually, and I feel like not enough people are drawing attention to that where, like, the point of the paradigm system was to, you know, in Lightning Returns, it was like you're putting on these new clothes that will cater to the situation that you are in in combat. But in yep. a lot of ways 16 does do that, right? Like, you know, you're using Garuda for more stagger or or what have you yeah. like they, they all kind of serve their own purpose in the combat. That's a it's yeah. a very uh it's a very interesting connection well, there.
2: It's it's also it was their way of having one character, having you be in control of one character, but yeah. not losing the final fantasy thing of you are using different characters that have cooldowns and other things, right? Yeah.
1: That's, for that's
2: literally there. all it was, is like you're mm. transforming your outfit into another paradigm that yeah. then allows you to do your moves because your ATB gauge is filled there. So it's like... It's
0: kind cool. how lost that was in 15, right? Because the bridge mm-hmm. there is going to be lightning returns, 14 kind of exists on its own, and then 15. And 15 was just such a... Oh, what a
2: that game was just fifteen was the Wii U to the Final Fantasy sixteens
1: <laughs> or uh <laughs> Switch,
2: you know, like Oh, I love that.
1: I feel yeah. that. It yeah.
0: yeah. I feel like there was some good ideas there, but it, it did just miss in so many ways that you know like I'll never find myself replaying that game. But yeah. Now let's let's bridge into sixteen, because yes, I do let's I do think it. you're right. I think there is a lot of sophistication that's happening with sixteen. Um, from a combat perspective, I think I think you're absolutely right, where they took a lot of great ideas that they had before and were able to apply it in really smart ways. But then even narratively, like, I, I'm of the mind... I know the, the comparison that a lot of people are drawing is to Game of Thrones and that sort of, like, feeling. But mm. I do think that the way that the story is being told in 16 is so, like, smooth and, and strong. I, I don't know. I was very happy. At least in regards to the main quest, I was yeah. very, very pleased with how, like not crazy the story was getting and how easily I could follow along. I mean, uh yeah, what what are your thoughts in regards to the narrative of 16?
2: I I think that it's like I said, it's it's really difficult to weave a complex story when you especially when you can do certain narrative beats out of order or, you know. And I think like they they definitely for the most part they're like linear beats hit really hard. Like yeah. and they were they felt like spectacles which even if they weren't super deep, like the Mm -hmm. spectacle of it made it feel like a worthwhile moment to see. So I was all about that, you know, like in many ways, like those big moments felt like a big anime or like a Astro wrath. I don't know if you guys played that game. Oh yeah, for sure. Moments where you're just like blowing up planets and crap, you know, like, so all of that stuff really worked for me. I think the game of Thrones comparison though, um, I think unfortunately for them does them a bit of a disservice because Mm -hmm while you have these character archetypes and things that are really, really similar to Game of Thrones, like to the point where you've got like a Hodor character yeah,
1: and all of that. Yeah, like, like literally.
2: Yeah, like pretty pretty one for one in some of these characters. Um, I think because Game of Thrones has such a rich world that took its time over so many seasons, mm-hmm. um, you end up like... The, the characters in this game are always going to feel hollow compared to that because you've had so much more time with those other characters, more right? Like, I agree. Okay, I, yeah, I, I, I like, sort of agree. I sort of
0: agree, but I do think yeah. that they, they take a lot of effort to allow you to understand this world like everything that yeah. you can get from uh harpocrates and the active time lore stuff is just frankly i, I think a really inspired way to deliver a narrative it was i pretty agree contentious with that yeah. just amongst our greater group but like in retrospect looking at it it's like it's such a smart and different way to deliver story that might break yeah. it up right like the pacing could get a little messed up if you're reading half the time but like yeah. it really does offer a lot of insight in that way and then the inclusion of something like of someone like Vivian, who kind of like really spells out what's <laughs> happening from a horror time perspective, yeah. I really do think it does the game a lot of justice.
2: I think it's. I think. Go ahead.
1: Go ahead, Justin. <sighs> The story and the character development in the game, I would say, like, if compared to other games, definitely does a great, uh, a fantastic job, right? And I do see the comparison that you're making, Steve, with Game of Thrones, where it's like, the context with Game of Thrones, those characters not are just rich, but they're super deep, and their are multiple motivations to multiple different parties. Like, I totally get that. I will say, though, if I'm comparing to other Final Fantasy games, and I'm comparing it to other games that try to be depthy with their story, they kept it simple enough and yep. easily, like... Uh, I don't know, handled in my brain at least, um, while everything is going through. Plus, I feel like all the characters, even if and I'll, I'll just throw one out there, like Benedicta. Like yep. you only see her a couple of times, and things happen. But then they throw like a really weird curveball, just to give you a little, oh, this is what like, she was like beforehand, and you're like, that worked for uh, me. Uh, for sure. that, yeah, it the, the, totally what you're
2: referencing did. definitely worked for me. Yeah, it, was it simple, felt it good. Really well. it, yeah,
1: and I think the simplicity is hitting really, really well. Whereas, yep. like, I feel like when we were talking about the other Final Fantasy games and those stories, the complexity. I can't does describe it to you dirty. what
2: the story is in those games. <laughs> yeah, and and that that's what I'm saying. So I'm I'm sort of agreeing with you guys in the sense that. um I really enjoyed my time with the story. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, again, it's just like when I think of Game of Thrones, those characters to me feel more realized and I have more empathy for those characters than I do for any of the individual characters in this game. Even if the plot of this is just as easy to kind of wrap my head around to yeah. Game of yeah. that makes I, sense. I would agree with that. I think I think it hits
0: a a pretty good level of comparison. Like we're not mm. at like the Fast and the Furious of Final Fantasy, right? But it is basic <laughs> enough where it's like the, even if the motivations are kind of like. Not, not ham-fisted, but pretty straightforward, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Straight I'm here far. to
0: avenge my brother or whatever, right? It's enough where I'm like, okay, I feel what this character's feeling. And frankly, mm-hmm. to, Justin, to your point, with characters like Benedicta, I feel like the performances that are done for these yeah. characters... Are so good, like yeah. where even if the motivations are a little, let's say, half baked or, or, you know, inch deep or whatever, it almost doesn't matter because the way that they're selling their position is so good. Like the way that Justin or Justin was saying before that he's almost at the the uh, Kupka arc, right? Mm-hmm. And Rock Boy? Yeah. yeah. Rock boy. I would Rock say boy. that, like, part of that story, and we don't have to get it too in detail, but that sure. was for me, some of the most like, like narratively gripping moments of that story where I was just like, Oh my God, like I am so here for this, you know? Um, yeah. and, and it's, and I think it's, again, it's
2: a testament to the character's performances, you know, which it's also, oh, yeah. Like, Sid, come on now. Like dude, yeah. people, people have talked about this at length. So I'll just say Sid, it's, he's the best. He's so, Oh cool. my gosh. I need that guy to voice like something in everything now. <laughs> he's yeah. so good. Yeah, dude. He should be oh. like a, a toad or he should have been Toad in the Mario movie <laughs> oh my gosh, just like yeah. give give him every role.
1: Yeah. Yo, if if Toad in the Super Mario movie was his voice, that would be a star that would be crazy. Yeah. But um Yeah. But yeah, that it is he's Yoshi. Like,
2: he can be Yoshi in the in the next perfect. one. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. Uh man. But if it's uh it's funny a though. It. I think there's a lot yeah, of love
0: narratively when it comes when it comes to
2: this I, stuff. I agree with that, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I, think I think for me, like, when you were describing your experience with um, what what the character Vivian, I think her name is, and then there's mm. um, the 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 guy who uh, Hippocrates. uh, Hippocrates. Yeah, Hippocrates. There you go. Great, great name. Um, Great name. uh, So I I think that like that to me was initially pointing to like, okay, we like we are different types of players, Mm, um, because those characters were beyond side characters for me they were really they were background noise and like not because i didn't think that they they had good voice acting good performances but just because i wasn't engaging with what they had to offer Mm -hmm. um unless the story was sort of pushing me in that direction yeah like because when i'm playing these games um and this and i think this will be a theme maybe of some of the uh, by the way i thought this game was awesome i really enjoyed it yeah like dude but these, these moments of like, of, um, I, when I engage with a system in a game like this, I want to know that I'm like advancing my character in some meaningful way. Yeah. Um, and I'm not always motivated by digging up the lore, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I like, get you, totally. If they give me a really good reason to care about the lore, like, for example, there was one side quest that was particularly, um, Shocking um, and affecting that that I think maybe you guys had mentioned with the girl and the dog and the yeah you know, yeah mm. um, like that 's when i 'm caring about the lore when i 'm seeing things play out in it's front boring. of me that Tell me something about this world, um, but when someone is like, "Here's a book, and here's a really beautiful map and a beautiful representation of all of this stuff," I'm like, "Okay, like, how does this affect me in this moment?" is kind of what I'm searching for, and all of that. Mm, yeah. And and so with Hippocrates, I'm kind of like, eh, I'll, "I'll learn a little bit, but yeah." You know. I guess I I think this is
0: you make a good point as far as like how we might operate as different players because I think mm-hmm. and this is definitely like my own sort of like. Uh, damage I guess you could say but it's like I, I feel like I'm very <laughs> like I want to know everything about Final Fantasy like I want to be that guy that can answer a- any question so the idea yeah. that I would have these sort of portals into more information was like very appealing to me because uh, it's like I yeah. want to know this up and down right like because I, I feel very passionately about knowing this stuff so it's like mm-hmm. so it made a lot of sense for me and I could understand if it's if it's not delivering something from like a, a progression standpoint it, I mean, mm-hmm. it makes all the sense in the world. You know, I, I totally get
1: that. It's funny, though. It's like, I, I mean, given we're on the Crit Raid podcast and we talk about different like gamers and gaming personalities, but on the, on the Crit Raid podcast, we have Liz. And this was actually one of the big yeah. conversations yeah. that we had when we just started... Playing Final Fantasy uh, 16, which was like, Justin was very like jazzed about like the active time lore, and one of the mm-hmm. things that some of us were a little worried about was, are we going to have to stop the cinematics to understand the story, or are, mm-hmm. am I going to be like on a vanilla, you know, uh, like level? Is it going to give me everything I need without having to search too deeply? And if I want to search deeply, I could, but that's added bonus. Is it going to take away from the general gist of the story? And I would say, like so far. It really hasn't. Like it hasn't. I, I'm definitely on the same page with you, Steve. I don't go to Hippocrates ever. Yeah. I just got. I just met Vivian, and that was nice because now I see some arrows on a map and stuff. But uh, I'm definitely not clicking into each of the individual time slots and characters and what they all mean and all that stuff. No, the but active time
2: and, lore for me, as as the player type that I am, is great.
1: Mm-hmm. I love the Mid- active time lore. Stop because- the cinematics just to read some stuff so okay it's less like I also do it sometimes too no 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 like sometimes I'm watching
2: the fact that I have the option to be like that dude said something what the heck is he talking about fully Mm -hmm. Fully. that is what I use it for it's like and then that helps me to re-engage like sometimes I'll like I don't know. Like I'm playing a game. Sometimes I'll check out. Sometimes I'll be thinking about yeah. something else completely. Check your phone like, or something. Yeah. If I'm watching a show, mm-hmm. I can rewind it. But you can't do that with a game. Yeah. So yeah. My, like if I hear something I don't understand and that I hit the active time lore, it feels great when the thing I'm looking for is there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it that, sometimes that, isn't, do, but most of the time it is. Like that, I,
0: I love that point that you just made where it's like when you want it to be there and it's there. There were so yeah. many occasions where I would be l- watching two characters interact, and I'm yeah. like I'm like, "Why are they talking in this way like why like mm-hmm. what like why is he addressing her like this?" And I would just pop open that active time lore and there would be this nice con- uh, concise two paragraphs that describes exactly the relationship between these two characters, and I was like, boom, now I know exactly what's yeah. going on. It makes all the sense yeah. in the world why they're talking this way, And I loved that because it it allowed it me to feel. engaged by the story all the time, even when it was like exactly like you're saying. If I found myself get distracted for a moment and I needed to like kind of recheck in, it's almost like I had that touch point that's
2: like, okay. I feel like that is beneficial for like basically all player types. Like if you're someone who wants Mm -hmm. to know more, it's great. And if you're someone like me, who's like, I want to know how this affects my character in the moment and maybe I'm checking out a little bit because I'm tired after work or whatever. Like, I can still understand what the hell is happening here. It's I thought that that is... I mean, for any big game with a lot of lore, totally just give me that every time. It's you so know good for funny? Yeah. It's like I, I liken this
0: to so I mean I've I've been playing RPGs for most of my life, Super Nintendo yeah. PS One Golden Age stuff, right? and I distinctly remember if I ever stepped away from one of those games the worst thing was is any game that didn't have like a journal or like a a thing that would tell you like hey this is the last thing that happened in the story I would be like I need to start this game over from the beginning again because I don't know what the hell is going on but this really does open up a doorway to to be like this is exactly what's happening right now you know and I, I like that a lot not that I ever disengaged from the game during my first playthrough but like but to know that that's there I think is super valuable and it honestly makes me wonder right like every now and again we see these sort of new gravitational shifts in gaming where some like some developer tries something new and it gets instituted like that and now I'm yeah. like, is active time lore that thing that we're gonna see in the next whatever a lot of game games. you know what I mean like it it almost seems like it would
2: cost too much
1: <laughs> that's a lot yeah of, like, yeah that's yeah. a lot of There's writing and time stamping
2: yeah. yeah, I think it's like I think you'll see it in big triple a RPG I think if the Witcher three came out now yeah right yeah. you would have seen it in the witcher 3 right totally, so totally. like i think i think it's it is a great plus one of the experience that um i think people are realizing that yeah like a lot of people will get down with learning about your lore but you can't bury it on page 52 of a lore book yeah like help help me surface like surface it it's kind of like um you know mobile games like there, the, a lot of the mobile game design is like To get you in and out quickly So they surface the things contextually for you That you need at yeah. that moment yeah. um, It's like oh you want to upgrade this character Here's the button to upgrade them Oh you don't have any more of the, this character's upgrades Okay move to the screen like, It this gives thing. you everything you need to like sort of navigate through yeah. um, And I think that That type of um, That type of thought Really went into this And obviously they just looked at the Amazon thing And they were like Amazon X-Ray that's a great feature Let's just take that
0: <laughs> right? so this actually brings up a a question that I had for you because as you were sort of describing stuff beforehand I was like you know Steve's probably got a a pretty interesting perspective on this which is like as a game developer right Mm -hmm. you're kind of I think more tuned to sort of like see the lines of the code than most average players where it's like you know when we're going through there's an easy suspension of disbelief where we're just like we're just playing the game and this is what the game (laughs) is whereas you might be looking at it as like the ah I see why they did this or this is structured in this way and I'm wondering if you kind of came up against anything in the game where you were like i understand exactly why they did this because like one of the conversations we had on the podcast before was about that character vivian right the girl who shows you the map with the arrows and stuff and one of our thoughts was like this seems like an afterthought like they did this afterwards because they realized the story is too complicated so let's just plant this character and this map in here because it'll allow people to understand the story better
2: i mean i think that's a great example actually of of that where it's like And I think the active time lore, I mean, that might have been stuff that they were thinking about from the very start. But it also just might have been a plate like they have the luxury of being able to play for larger plates or pay for larger playtests or or bigger betas or whatever it is. So like people coming in and being like, I really like everything that's going on, but I want to learn more or I forgot what happened here. Can you help remind me? Like, I feel like when you're designing a game, you're thinking about like oh, man, this would be cool if this action thing happened and all these cool effects happened and these cool RPG systems happened. But then, like, e- like explaining back to people what they're experiencing is not something that you're, like, thinking of like, right away. Of mind, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, like, I think that's that's a great example of, like, hey, there. we want to make this world feel big and rich and actually populated and, like, it has a history. Like, let's have a historian and let's have a map that we can show changing and evolving as we go. And it's a, it's a tried and true, like, think about, like, a movie when they need to explain, like, we need to go from here to here. Like, yeah. show you a map and a little line going yeah. from that. Like, it, it, it works. Like, it helps you to, like, it puts you in that mindset and yeah. it helps you understand the scale of the world. So I think that's a great example. I mean, I think just in general, um, I, I think I thought a lot about... Now we can... I mean, I want to talk about, like, systems and all the the cool combat stuff. But I think, like, um, the loot system and, like, how combat sort of evolved and changed, like, I was thinking about that constantly because um, I was noticing a lot of the ways that some people were, like, probably on the dev team or at, at Square Enix or whatever were saying, this needs to stay like this, like a Final Fantasy game. And where other people were like, no, this needs to become an action game and evolve into something new. Like, mm. I was thinking about that, like, the whole time. Like, I think it's a dichotomy,
0: you know? It's, it's, uh, it, yeah. They feel sort of mutually exclusive in many other games. So, I mean, did you, did you like how it was married here? I feel like there were give right, I'll give you an example.
2: I'll give you an example that, that <laughs> I think is, like, that showcases this hopefully perfectly, which is leveling up. Mm-hmm. Leveling up in this game means virtually nothing because um, for the most part, like, sure, you have, like, side quests, right? Um, but for the most part, as you're moving through the story, especially in the beginning of the game, um, it's, it's very much like a linear game for the, for the most part, right? Yeah. And the enemies are, are specifically leveled against your level right? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I'm not saying that they necessarily, like, they, there is some scaling going on, but, like, That's they are designed they they understand that based on where you are in the game, you have between this amount of XP and this amount of XP so you're probably around this level, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, the leveling up uh, never felt like there was an opportunity to feel more powerful because everything was just was scaling, scaling. and then mm-hmm. also, like, uh, leveling up usually brings me a choice in these kind of games like, or, or a new option. Right. Yeah. So it's like you level up and you get a new move or you get a you, skill you point can, to allocate you can now or equip this new piece of material or whatever. You, yeah. You, yeah. yeah. Like the gating system of like, okay, I, I couldn't put this on before and now I have this, like it gives you new strategic options as mm-hmm. well as the feeling of being more powerful yeah, in this game, sure. in this game, if the level up sequence was invisible right? And like, yeah, I, would never I, know. I, even though it's cool as hell, like I'd love the level up sequence, the sound
0: effects. Everyone and likes great. to
2: see it happen. Yeah.
0: Yes, but it, yeah. But I, I, do I do forget
1: like, that it exists every time I do get a level up though. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it doesn't
2: mean anything
1: really. Right.
0: Yeah. To, to piggyback off of this, I, I think you make a really good point where it's like, you know, just, just based on the way the combat functions, right? Here, here's an example. We'll compare this to like final fantasy seven, right? Another, yep. not the remake, like the original one. It's like, Before and after you level up, it's like when you strike an enemy, you see a number pop up where you're like, "Okay, I did 100 damage. But then when you level up and you're like, "Okay, now I did 110 damage. There's almost this like more like lateral one to one of like I am stronger and I'm seeing my strength increase. But in this game, numbers still come up. But I don't think anyone's actually paying attention to the numbers. You're more so mm. looking at the health bar go down. You know. Yeah. So the numbers mean
2: less. And even then, the health bar goes down fast, right? Exactly. as opposed to, like, you, you hit someone in a turn-based Final Fantasy. You see the health go yeah. down, and you can like internalize it over that turn. Yeah. And you're like, oh, right. wow, that does about 20% more. Like, I don't think anyone's really thinking about that in and this game because you, you don't have to mm.
0: this is also reflected in, in the weapons and stuff too because like yeah in, in previous final fantasy games when you got a new weapon and like i remember these moments like a, specifically mm-hmm. in final fantasy 9 there's this one town that you get into when you get the mage masher it's like a, a pretty significant step yep. up mm-hmm. and i remember when you equip that weapon for the first time and you go back out into the world map the first thing you hit you're like holy shit like the first hit you're like <laughs> yeah. whoa like i am way stronger that yep. almost never happened in 16 because it's just because never. like you said it's it's scaling appropriately it just feels like i'm doing whatever damage i should be doing right now you know
2: yeah and that's a really hard thing to work around in these games for sure don't get me wrong especially in a character action game you know like but but it's like at that point like the level up is just because it's a final fantasy game you need to have that level up right
1: yeah like i haven't sorry i didn't mean I, I, i haven't beaten the game yet but for you guys right have you ever gotten to a point like i know that they put and i do notice i I half pay attention to the numbers, mainly just to see, like, is this move, like, worth me using or whatever, right? But, like, when it comes down to, like, fighting enemies, I know that there's levels above their heads, and, like, I kind of pay attention to that, but at the same time, it never really stands to be a gateway or a barrier to anything in particular. When you guys were playing, did you ever run into, like, an enemy with a level that you were like, okay, so that now makes sense or that now requires... One time. One time
0: that happened to me in the entire game, and it was specifically because it was one of the hunts, and, like, when you get access mm-hmm. to the hunts, there's one character that's, like, just way – like, the, t- the the moment that it allows you to access that hunt, you yeah. are not even close to being able to mess with this yeah. thing. And I remember going in and just getting trashed by it, and I was just like, okay, I'm just going to leave that there, and I'll go back and do whatever. And then I came back, let's say, two to three hours later, and I was
2: like, okay, like, this is approachable now. I see. But that might, and, and I think even th- for – The hunts totally makes sense. Even for me and – I, and I know exactly which one you're talking about and I've yeah. had the exact same situation happen. And I think even for me, like the, I didn't even look at what that character's level was. Yeah, it was more yeah. what their rating was. They have oh, these right. ratings yeah, which are yeah. like – it was like an S-rank ABC, thing. So I'm like, yeah. OK. I'm just going to go sample this thing and check it out and see exactly. how much it kicks my ass. Yeah, cuz there were yeah. other
0: there were other hunts that were S rank that I felt like I beat before I should have just based mm-hmm. on good gameplay. But then there yeah. was like but this one, which I think is what we're talking about, it was just like there was just no way like I could not mm-hmm. outmaneuver what this enemy was doing. I was just not strong enough, you know?
1: So yeah, I, outside of that time or moment, levels really don't matter. <laughs> Yeah, it, I would say it, that's accurate.
0: Yeah, it's funny because yeah. I, I never really thought about that, but I think you're totally right. And I think the scaling yeah. is is the thing. And that's also tied to how the game progresses, right? Because it's like you're not often going back to previous areas and just fighting whatever. I mean, maybe on side quests and stuff. But yeah. usually if you're on a side quest in a, a previous area, it's teeing you up with specific enemies for that encounter. So it's like mm-hmm. you don't really get to
2: see that differential of like, oh, I fought this Total and you're running war. through the world usually too. Yeah. Like once you, once you. I don't know if this is. No, you can say yeah. Like there's it. a there's a chocobo in the game, y'all. Like yeah. Um, Once you get the Chocobo, you're kind of, I mean, I was just cruising for sure, Yeah, Yeah. which
0: feels good. It's funny because once you're on the main quest line, you realize that, like, the ability points and all that that you get is so much better than just the random trash mobs, like, as you're walking around. So it it almost says, like, no, you're wasting your
2: time if you just fight random enemies. Like, this is not helping you, you know? Yeah, and you get plenty of crafting materials. Like, it's, like... I mean, and, I, and I'm grateful for that, by the way. Like, I don't want to have to grind in a mm. in a mainline like MMO. Fine, whatever. But yeah. like in a mainline like cinematic Final Fantasy game, don't make me grind for you know respect my time or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, like they, and they give you a lot of crafting materials. I think I think crafting is another case of like, okay, this is it's you kind know, of throwaway, isn't it? It's you another know? it's another RPG yeah. thing that um didn't really need to be there yeah you know i can't
0: like, tell you how many pinches of magical ash i've picked up and how much yeah. it doesn't matter to my ultimate experience I have, yeah.
1: I have been wondering whether or not like taking one of the earlier game weapons and then just if it's possible because i haven't been just upgrading it to whatever nth degree is that better than the
2: yeah no, they're, they're, i mean it seems like i'm them. just
1: okay yeah okay, well, then, in that case, yeah, just follow the storyline and get the weapons that you find and enjoy, yeah, yeah
2: now, yeah, and that's the thing it's like it's kind of like once you I couldn't help but feel like um so I, after you beat a boss, right, you mm-hmm. basically get a thing that allows you to like craft a new sword right like mm-hmm. like g- like graft a thing on top of your existing cool sword and make it a mm-hmm. better sword and like, that's pretty reliable after every major boss that you're going to get something like that. And it and it makes sure that the majority of players are going to have a sword that is fit for that part of the game. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I almost feel like it would have been more impactful and cool if there was a big cinematic moment where I applied some that magic thing to my sword yeah. and it transformed into a better sword. Because I'm yeah. going to upgrade it. It's a linear path of upgrades. It's not a choice. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. you just go and pay to make it happen. But yeah. Um, I feel like they're sort of like in a way taking away from the cool moment that could have been getting a new sword yeah there was a missed opportunity there for sure especially because
0: basically everyone's gonna be on the same path there you know what I mean like there might be people that don't use the best weapon I don't know why you would do that but like there is a clear best weapon and it's basically after any major boss it's like yeah like you're gonna get the next level of the the good weapon you know
2: I love that and I hate that because I'm like Number, like, I love the fact that there is no, I, I have no worry in my, in my head of like, am I missing out on a better option? Yeah, it's like, yeah. no, this is just the one that has the biggest number because yeah, they don't have exactly. pro- the weapons don't have like properties. They don't have like yeah, fire like or, damage or
1: whatever. Or ability. Or like, critical yeah,
2: hit so. or anything. Right. Yeah, like this weapon makes you regain health you like, know or anything like, like that stat
1: points right and there's like i, I never even yeah. read it i just see whether or not the arrow is pointing up yeah, or if down. the
2: arrow points up and and you know what at that point it's like that feels good
1: yeah because oh, the right, arrow's
2: sure. pointing yeah. up but, but also that, like
0: do you materially feel that difference you know not really yeah, yeah.
2: Um, yeah. and it, there's something cool to be children. said about like role-playing a character that has to go buy or smith a new weapon but yeah. in the grand scheme of in the grand scheme of things when you add like leveling up is this like you know yeah there's a bunch of stuff I think that like is really legacy Final Fantasy stuff like the fact that every fight with every character is just hella long but like nothing Mm. really changes like Mm. some bosses evolve and like become crazy and do different things and that is incredible but like some of the sub bosses it's like Oh, this is just a long fight. No, and that, and that's that's sort
0: of what we've talked about before where it's like the the real like what this game is doing best are the yeah. major boss fights. There's like yeah. oh my god, those they're so cool. Stone, like they're so cool, Big man. narrative art. Like they're they are best in class right now when it comes to I that. feel like I, there's
2: I, no better like if you want excitement and like spectacle, totally. I was yeah. just, like I that's why I almost wish cuz I I think this game would hit so hard with like non-RPG players yeah. if I was like, okay, don't worry about the gear. Don't worry about the leveling up. Don't worry. Like just go in and just play the mainline story. Yeah. And I think you'll
0: be blown away by it. So I'm, I'm on my second playthrough right now. And all I've done is the main story and the, the, pace at which everything is moving is so nice. It's yeah. so nice. Cause I mean on the first playthrough you can't not do the side quest. You're doing the side quests, right? Yeah. But going through the second time and just kind of like really mainlining the story, it just mm-hmm. moves so briskly and it's such a constant feed of those really, really awesome moments that it's yeah. just like, oh it's such a beautiful thing.
1: But the- Steve, have you uh have you started the second playthrough yet or are you planning on it? I
2: I was toying with the idea just because I got to a point where I was like I think I'm super close to like getting this upgraded sword and stuff, like yeah, the yeah. best mm-hmm. upgraded sword. So there is like a couple of ones where like you do have to kind of grind for good materials and whatever. And so and then I was like, classic hmm. square. but right, right. But like, and I would do that in a game like, you know, an MMO or something where I saw a future in it. And yeah. I'm like, hmm, once I hit that highest number and I know mm-hmm. there's nothing beyond that, I I'm not going to go kill anything with it or do anything with it. So I'm just, you know, So I, away. I, I will say, and this might, yeah. this might help you,
1: on, you
0: up, Justin. on the new game plus playthrough. Yeah. You can play it on the new hardest difficulty, which is called final fantasy mode and okay. all everything, everything that you have, including all of your equipment carries over. And there's a whole new section of equipment that you can get in the new oh. playthrough. So the best weapon that you get in the first playthrough is like the baseline weapon that you get in the second playthrough. And there's a new best weapon at the end of that. Okay. one. Okay yeah so is
2: there does does the game like are there different enemies that you fight is there different like... yes but not okay. not dramatically different like
0: you'll go through like normal story yeah. beats and they'll just like place something new and crazy in the middle of the process but the game sure. is significantly harder on that the second playthrough like it's not playing around and it actually removes a lot of the interesting like what i would say were some of the weaknesses from it for example mm-hmm. whenever you die it would give you all your potions and stuff back that doesn't happen yep. anymore so it's oh, like wow. okay. so that doesn't happen anymore. And then all of like the cinematic moments where like you dodge or punch or whatever, mm-hmm. it doesn't show you the prompts anymore. So you kind of have to like
2: be aware oh, of what you You have to go do. by the color of, of the Yeah, thing. yeah. Okay.
1: I assume it's also like are you attacking or dodging Yeah, it's, it's, it's all it's all those very two. contextual. But contextual, I, I found yeah. You gotta be paying attention.
0: I found those pieces of it and honestly the, the the, the ability to not care about the side quest to be very appealing in the second playthrough. And it's been really fun so yeah. far. Yeah, I, honestly I know.
2: skipped I skipped at a certain point, once I realized kind of what the side quest offering was, mm-hmm. um, beyond, you know, the first couple of like areas, I was like, all right, I'm just gonna skip. I skipped most of the the cinematics on the side quests. Yeah, or yeah. or the conversations I should say. Yeah.
1: Um yeah. and Everything I just
2: I'm went sure. for the rewards, which I think was you know good for me in the sense that like i I wanted to wrap everything up Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. clear off all the exclamation points on the map but also bad because the rewards for doing a quest are pretty minimal like the reward pool the reward pool in the game is only vast if you think about all the different crafting pieces Mm -hmm. but like from a unique like this is something new for me or I can use this in a different way. Like it is so limited that um, I I just wish it didn't even like hint that I should go explore places. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to find anything over there. Like it's not like Elden ring where I'm going to stumble into a cave, beat a boss and get some completely unique thing that changes the way that I play the game. Yeah. You know, nor, nor would I expect that they would give that to me in this game. Like I didn't have that expectation, but the also like
0: sort of like emergent gameplay that's going to come of that is is what would feel nice. Yeah.
2: Or just some sort of, like, if if they had gated, you know, some sort of meaningful, whether it's, like, a piece of gear or or some sort of attack that I could unlock or something behind, like, a, a series of special bosses that I could work for. But, like, I beat a boss, I get XP... And maybe some pieces, and I move on, right? Like,
1: yeah, you get treated to a cinematic cutscene, and you get to
2: go back to the hideout.
0: I would say the the, the biggest shame about that, too, because I know you're saying that you were skipping some of the cutscenes and stuff. It's very understandable because in the second half of the game, you just get bombarded with so many side quests, and so yeah. many of them are just throwaway nonsense. That's just like, it, it's it's, I guess, congruent with Clive as a character because he's just there to help everybody. But it's also like. There there are definitely winners and losers. Like when we were talking about oh, the, yeah. the side quest before with the girl and the dog and all that, it's like there are obviously these like narrative peaks that give you mm-hmm. a, like a, a kind of a spotlight into how like messed up this world can be and like how, you know, how grounded it can feel. But those, at least in the second half of the game, are so rarely peppered through this wave of just kind of like collecting sand for people that it's like, yeah. you know.
2: Yeah, here's a random guy you're never going to meet again and yeah. he's going to ask you yeah. to go get sand for him. And you're like, OK. Like, <laughs> like it, adds, it does add something to the world if you – like there's, there's definitely a bunch of – I mean we haven't even gotten into like any of the lore and I don't think we should because it's just so – like yeah. the story is simple. Yeah. Um, But the lore is like, there's a lot, a lot, a lot to it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If
0: If you're a long term Final Fantasy person, too, there's like, there's a lot to unpack with all of that.
2: Like, Uh
0: there's clearly ties to Final Fantasy 4. There's clearly ties to, you know, uh, Final Fantasy 1. Like, really cool. uh, Yeah. All that stuff is really cool.
2: I like that a lot. I I, I like, Mm. I love this as a step into a new effectively a new genre with like the character action game, but still like, it's clear that they really, really, really have respect for like the legacy of final fantasy. Oh, and yeah. like, it's, it, it doesn't just feel like, Hey, we made an action game and called it final fantasy. Right. Yeah. Like, to, to that, to that
0: point, actually, I, I always like yeah. kind of like putting a highlight on this one thing. Cause I feel like I just haven't heard enough people talk about it, but, uh, and I mentioned this on our, our one of our previous podcasts, but I love – I love how in certain boss fights or when you're fighting against certain characters, you'll see the names of the moves they're doing appear. It's awesome. And it's, yeah. and it's yeah. so yeah. arbitrary, it right? Over, it doesn't yeah. matter. But it's like yeah, when yeah. you see – like Shiva collecting a bunch of icicles and it just says diamond dust I'm like oh my god like this is so cool (laughs) those
2: are some of the most impactful moments for me in the the game honestly because they're oh my gosh it, there's there's a kind of like late- they wait for it too like they don't just yep. do it like right away it's like no yeah. we're gonna give you these big moments and then it's like oh, goosebumps
0: you know yeah, like, and, yeah and it's great. funny because like as and i won't go into detail just because like justin this is some of the best stuff that you're gonna see later in the game i'm but yeah. there there are certain moments like you're saying where it, it's like these climactic like they're building up to something crazy and then when that When the name appears, it's just like, "Oh my god! Like
2: this is what we see. Like this is (laughs) what their version of this looks like. Like this is crazy, you know." This is this this is peak nerd right here, man. Oh, for sure. (laughs) But but it's
0: also to your point before. This is how it shows that it kind of respects the legacy of Final Fantasy because, again, it's an action game. There's no reason for them to put the name of these moves in because it's just an action set piece, but. It's like and this is what I said on our other podcast it's like those them putting that text on the screen that is like for us it's like yeah. it, it, it's not there it serves no other purpose other than to talk to you specifically and say like you know what this is and and this is for you like enjoy this moment right
1: now you know You know, not just for Square, too, but I think about it also in a lot of games that are, like, taking old IPs that have been through the generations, like, of the entire industry, basically, and, like, come to a modernization version of it and, like, understand that they're building a game to the modern standards, but still to the children that played them back in the day. And it's like, when I... I I mean, I feel that definitely in Final Fantasy for sure. Absolutely. And like I would say, I mean, like it's in the spirits of like Zelda and Zelda Breath of the Wild, like the small little like the towns that you go to and like the characters that you see, it's like all in the same like realm and ecosystem, I guess. I played. But, I don't um, know
2: how I played those two games back to back. I'm like, I need like a break from big games. for yeah. like Dude, I, I haven't now. even gotten like halfway through
0: Zelda. It's like I, it, it, I felt like I tapped out really quick, and I was honestly just really happy to get into
2: Final Fantasy at that time.
1: Yeah, Final Fantasy was refreshing. Absolutely, I think like they're a good interior.
2: juxtaposition from like one being this completely open loose sandbox. like sandbox to the other mm-hmm. one being this very guided cinematic experience right like yeah. You, yeah. you can't even like they're so they're so different that it makes sense that they would be a nice little like one two punch kind of yeah. but man they're which, both which such one, big games which
0: one you, would you say you had more fun with so far
2: um i would say that um, the highs of final fantasy 16 during the boss fights are kind of unmatched this year for me, or like in recent memory. Totally agree. Um, Absolutely agree. It, it, it's, but, and the combat I obviously enjoy a lot more. Like, I don't think Zelda, I don't think anyone's really coming to Zelda for combat specifically. They're maybe coming for like the emergent things that could happen in combat. Yeah. Um, but I would say that Zelda, just from a, um, just from how much they were able to buck my expectations. After feeling mm-hmm. like I know exactly like what this people. game's gonna be, I'm like, I know mm-hmm. what Breath, like Breath of the Wild, love that game. I know what this is gonna be. There's gonna be more of that, and it, mm-hmm. and it was, and it wasn't, and it really wasn't. Like mm-hmm. the, like the depths, and it's just. I mean, we can mm-hmm. we can have a whole like ten hour conversation on that, but I would say the short answer is it's gonna be hard for me to like something more than I liked uh, Tears of the Kingdom when I was like in it right toward the end of tears of the kingdom i really petered out and i'm like all right i'm ready to finish this um Mm -hmm. but like the height of my obsession with that game was like oh my god it was i I don't think i can compare that to anything
1: can i ask okay so i mean i don't want to take it away from final fantasy but like for tears of the kingdom what was the heights of tears of the kingdom for you because i'm still in both of them pretty deeply trying to find time for both and i would say like my difference and like given i you've already gotten and beaten tears of the kingdom my interest in Tears of the Kingdom is a completely different like plate of entertainment from yeah. Final Fantasy yeah. Yeah. and with that it's like it's not just the sandbox but it's also exploring the world again it's like re yourself in like all these new mechanics and this new like building system it is deep it is super deep yeah. but it's a completely different feeling yeah. for you what was the highs of Tears of the Kingdom?
2: I would say, I mean, the highs easily of Tears of the Kingdom were the amount of times that I had revelations about ways that I could, like, seemingly break the game.
1: Um, Interesting. It,
2: it just it just continued to give me those things, right? <laughs> and, like, it was a more social experience, which I typically yeah. don't um, play a lot of, like, multiplayer games. So I'm not, like, constantly talking to people about the game uh, that I'm yeah. playing. But, yeah. like, everyone was playing the game. It was this collective thing. And unlike Final Fantasy, which is, like, kind of a... You, Solo journey. You can see... But, like, you can talk about Final Fantasy, but, like, it's sort of more, like, what's in front of you, right? Like, there's not a lot of things that I know about Final Fantasy that you don't. Right. Sure. Whereas, especially in the early days of Tears of the Kingdom, there was... It felt like the possibilities of the game were, were endless, right? It felt yeah, like yeah. there was almost an unlimited amount of things that you could do to solve the problems in front of you. And like the excitement of that on top of my familiarity with the franchise, right? Cause like mm-hmm. something like Minecraft, there's like endless possibilities in Minecraft, but I don't have that affinity or familiarity with Minecraft. Right. I just, yeah. I didn't grow mm-hmm. up playing Minecraft um, versus Zelda. It's, I have that familiarity with the, with the way that things work. I know that in Octorok, shoots things and sucks things in. I know that a keys will fly after you and chase you and sometimes they're electric and annoying. Right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. but yeah. but being able to then say here's Zelda, but like here's the this complete underside of Zelda that you never knew was possible. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. sitting on top of it. It's like whoa, okay. This is the it was just like the perfect way to just completely, you know, blow yeah. my mind with the possibilities, I think. It is cool. I,
0: I feel like the, yeah. the next closest comparison to that would be something like Elden Ring because I remember in those first few yeah. weeks of Elden Ring it was like everyone's story was a little bit different and yeah. everything was interesting mm-hmm. you know
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah it, it felt will. like then, there was so much to do there was so much to see and yeah once you once you feel like you've explored it all then um, I think some of that magic immediately whoosh, wishes out and I think I got to yeah. that point with Zelda unfortunately but mm. man up until that point it was like oh
1: this is so cool yeah yeah there are certain pieces of Tears of the Kingdom that i I mean, I don't know how many hours I spent on, like, ringing the Goron's bell when I found him. And I was just like, how? Th-? So many hours. And then I started thinking, man, this game is going to be much deeper and much more longer than I would, I think I would want. Mm, so Final Fantasy yeah. just seemed like, like what I was saying before in one of the other podcasts, like Final Fantasy 16 just felt like such a, a nice track that I can get. Like, yeah. it was on rails. I can just get on these rails and I can enjoy the time. I, I, have an ex- I, had ex- I know exactly what to expect. Yep so let's do this because this is the amount of time I have but yeah. once Final Fantasy is over I'm pretty excited to lose my life into uh, Tears of the Kingdom I think yeah. I mean, it's it's <laughs> funny there's so though. many it,
2: other things too uh,
1: yeah. I know it's, dude it's oh, good, oh my god it's a good comparison that you
0: make though because I, I feel like this kind of speaks to like my incendiariness where it's like I feel mm-hmm. like I need to be progressing in a game like regularly or I just don't feel fulfilled and I think that's yeah. partially why I <laughs> tapped on Zelda so fast because I was just like I love what's happening here but I hate the idea of like I could play this game for five hours and ultimately accomplish nothing you know what I mean and like yeah. that that never really sits too well with me I'm like I just want to feel like I'm doing something I feel like I want to like I'm getting somewhere you know what I mean um,
2: so that, yeah like, I feel I was, the same way about Zelda like in the sense that like I view that world as I, like I, I, I kind of have washed out on open world games um because their checklists have become. Like I always say that. They're, they're, well, they're, so like, okay, when I say open world games, I'm th- I think I'm talking like an antiquated version of what an open world game is, like mm-hmm. pre Breath of the Wild, like checklist yeah. type of things. Yeah. And Fall, I wash uh, out on them. Yeah, yeah. And and those games are great, and I had a lot of fun with them. But their checklists eventually got too big. Yeah. To the point where I look at them and I said, "This is too much for me to want to check off. I'm gonna I'm gonna yep. tap out." Totally. Whereas Zelda, especially Breath of the Wild, when that came out. It was like, yeah. hey, here's a checklist, but the the act of finding the shrine and checking it off is like a reward in and of itself, and it's super fun. Yeah. And you're gonna get the traditional Zelda thing of heart piece or stamp, yeah. like yeah. this new stamina yeah. thing. So like, it all felt very digestible, a digestible way to get around the world. And I yeah. think like mm-hmm. Breath of the uh, Tears of the Kingdom gave me that expanded on it with the depths, and then said, hey, you know how you used to get around the world? Here's all this other crazy ways that you can do it. So it was this, like, perfect marriage of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would. I feel like I'm still kind of
0: holding out for the return to the more, like, narrative-driven Zelda game. I mm-hmm. don't know if it's going to happen based on how popular Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are, but, like, I hope for that more, like, you know, Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess-style narrative. I don't know. That maybe
2: they do kind of like the top down version. maybe they do like the classic game kind Mother, of Ace Zelda, you know, mm. like they kind what they was it? Tap the Link to the right? Past yeah, I mean, style. They, they
0: exist in parallel to one another, so yeah.
2: Like Link's Awakening, I mean, yeah, they just keep on going down that path and then yeah. just maybe. Did you there's a new Link Zelda between worlds? I did, yeah, it's great. What well, a
0: phenomenal it. game. Jeez. It's 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 great. It's super good. Yeah.
2: yeah. I so played another one of those.
0: Yeah, right. So you were mentioning that there's so much uh, else to play. What's kind of next yeah. on the horizon for you that you're looking for?
2: Well, I think... Okay, so I finished 16, I want to say, like, a week ago or something. So since then, I feel like I've been, like, floating... In the, maybe maybe even two weeks ago. Um, I've been sort of, like, floating in the ether of all these cool indie games and different things to play, like... And uh, I picked up this game... So tons of games, but I picked up this game, Arcade Paradise.
0: Oh, yeah! Um, I did that
2: game, yeah. Which is just kind of the perfect palette cleanser because it's it's nice and um, it it gives you that kind of cyclical like management sim thing of like, you Mm -hmm. know, your your Stardew Valleys or your shop management Mm -hmm. kind of sims. Yeah. Um, But it's also got this cool little twist of like, you're just playing a bunch of completely unique arcade games that these devs have made. There's like 30 arcade games. So literally you're like a, um, you're a girl who works at her um, family's laundromat. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you guys, but I used to my bus stop when I was in high school. There was a, a laundromat there, and it had a bunch of you know, like arcade games in it. Yeah, so arcade. I'd go, really? Why is it always hang out to get, get away laundry. from the
1: cold? When I was young, I guess I just people just are my just hanging side.
2: out bored, and
1: they're like, yeah, yeah. waiting for their laundry. And I'll play some You're games. You're trying to extract quarters from them, you know? Because yeah. we, we didn't have
2: phones to, play, to distract us. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: When I was young, we used to go to this uh, this laundromat, and they had a Miss Pac-Man machine. And man, I can't tell you how much money i put it to <laughs> that thing
2: i love this yeah. man yeah dude and so it's, it's like really hitting this nostalgia factor for me of like like it's a it's a sort of like the daily cycle game where you show up you run the laundromat so you're like doing laundry and cleaning up and literally like pulling gum off of things and like throwing throwing out the trash right mm-hmm. and yeah, there's cool. customers coming through and then you you get this kind of back room with like a couple of arcade machines Um yeah. mm-hmm. which you can actually play these games, and they're they're actually pretty. They're quite fun. They're not ones that are meant to last you for like you know years or something. But like, they're they're quite fun. And like hitting milestones in the games will actually make them more profitable. That's so cool. <laughs> you have incentive to like kind of prestige the like buy more games off of this fake eBay, prestige them up by playing them, and yeah. then have them like generating revenue for you. It's like and you eventually. Get- that's
1: awesome. Yeah, yeah it's
0: like you set the new high score, so when your people come in, they play it more, so they can beat your score or whatever.
2: Exactly, and then and then you can sort of move them around, like within like uh, there's like slots, right? So you can kind of move them around, like put a low performing one next to a couple of high performing ones and that boosts their performance a little bit like yeah that's sick it's really simple right it's not like the super complex management sim at all but it's just a really nice engaging loop where i'm like okay i'm running out i go put this stuff in the laundry i unclog the toilet And then I run back and I play this game, level it up a little bit, and then go home for the day and buy a new thing. It's great. It's super fun. It's so interesting.
1: There's definitely games that I have like played on my psyche that I had no idea would be enjoyable. Like I played Moonlighter mainly for the the, like dungeon crawling aspect, but the shop aspect was way more fun.
2: Yeah, it's such a good game. Like I love that. Like what's the? I don't know if you guys have played. Everyone's playing Dave the Diver right now. which is yeah, another is one that, of those yeah. ones. People have talking about. that. Oh, it's so good! I think you guys, I think you guys would love it. It's it's basically, yeah. um, you you play as this diver who you know mm-hmm. you're going down, you're catching fish, and then you're bringing them to this world class sushi uh, chef, yeah. and he's cooking. You, you like put him on the the menu for that night, and you help him serve oh. people the sushi. So like nighttime, you're doing your sushi restaurant, making money and upgrading the sushi restaurant. Daytime, you're fishing. And then there's a whole story that. that goes into it, but it's it's I, that game's fantastic as well.
0: That, that sounds so fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then just a, a bunch of other random games, but I want to hear what you guys are playing.
0: So I started playing this new indie game recently. I say new, new to me. Mm. I'm actually sure it's mm. quite old. It's called uh, Shakedown Hawaii. Have you ever heard of this mm. game? So uh, it's out. it's really fascinating. So it, it's basically like a uh, GTA clone but just think of all the elements of GTA, but neutered down completely to the most basic elements. And the story is so shoestring, but it's like all you need to, to contextualize the things that you're doing with it. So, like, the the context is you're this guy who owns this successful business, but you've just been at home drinking for the last however long, so your business is failing. (laughs) And when you wake up, it's 20 years later, and now, like, all all modern-day things have come up, so they're like, you know, boss, all of our retail stores are failing because everyone's online shopping now. And he's like, okay… So, like those online shoppers can't deliver their goods if they don't have any trucks. So, I'm just going to go blow <laughs> up all the
2: trucks. All know? right, that's great. <laughs> so, it's, it's
0: really shoestring in that way, but it's really yeah. hilarious. And it's funny, you mentioned like you unclogging the toilets or whatever. The reason why it's called Shakedown Hawaii is because you're gaining control over places on this like Hawaiian island. And you do that by essentially, like, shaking down the storefronts and being like, you're going to pay for insurance and we're going to take a clip off of whatever. So when you go <laughs> yeah. into these places, you do the most mundane things that make them break. So, like, will, you'll walk in and be like, hey, so you have to pay for insurance or whatever. And they're like, no, I'm not doing anything. And you're like, oh, okay, can I use your bathroom? And then you go and clog their toilet and the toilet's <laughs> overflowing. They're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Please take all the money, <laughs> you know. So it, it's, really, it's really funny in that way. And it's very pick-up-and-play. like almost no like yeah the game doesn't really push back up against you too hard so it's just it's just fun so i've been playing that for a little while now that sounds great yeah that's on what the ps vita i'm playing it on vita right now but i think it's also on ps4 it's on
2: steam as well so it feels like a perfect steam deck game
0: i I would recommend it it would actually be awesome for the steam deck yeah Yeah. shake shake down
1: hawaii um oh, steve do you own a steam deck i do
2: i do own a steam
1: deck yeah At, i've i've thought about it ever since i saw it originally like you yeah. know released and like the announcement and i've just heard a lot of things about it. how are you enjoying it i would say you use it often I, I i i when i first got it
2: i used it a lot and it really helped me mm-hmm. to like spend more time with a bunch of those random games that i would have picked yeah. up like over the on years the on steam yeah just like because yeah. I, I typically, like, don't like to sit at my computer after I get off of work. so Precisely. Yeah.
1: Exactly yeah. understood. So
2: I feel like if, if that is your dilemma, um, like, basically the question is, do you like your Switch? If you like your Switch, like, you will like, like your Steam Switch. Deck, you know, for the same yeah. reason. Like, I don't want to play. Like, for example, like, I'm teetering on the edge right now of, like, like my finger is, like, trembling about to buy Baldur's Gate three Um, right now dude and thinking about it yeah and 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 i'm like okay i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna want to experience that like close up like on a pc or like on a tv um Mm -hmm. and so i'm sort of hesitant of like okay well am i I'm really gonna sit at my computer and play Baldur's gate Mm. and i know you can play it on steam deck but it's like it's 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 sort of more a grandiose experience so i sort of play a lot of smaller games on my steam deck right and i play like final fantasy 16 i play on my tv and then I play, like, Dave the Diver or, yeah. you know, Arcade Paradise or or uh, what's it? Halls of Torment is another game I've been playing, which is, like, a Vampire Survivors mm. game that kind of just looks like uh, Diablo 1. Um, what's it called? Hall of Torment? Halls of Torment. It's, yeah, it's basically – think Vampire Survivors just gets smashed up visually with Diablo 1. Oh, heck yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I'm looking at it right oh, now. It looks great. awesome. It's it's really good. It's It's got some cool little twists, like – like, I really, like, in, you know, so in Vampire Survivors, I don't always feel like I have, like, a goal. Um, mm-hmm. But in this game, it's got, like, the same stuff as Vampire Survivors, except there's also, like, hey, there's a guy trapped in a cage. I'm going to go find a key and then walk the key back to the guy trapped in the cage and help him. Okay. And it's, so like, there's, like, extra little, like, like mini-quests. Like
1: story beats. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. Within,
2: within the game that kind of helped me to be a little bit more engaged with it. Um even though that, I mean, that just, that gameplay style is just simple and fun and you know, yeah. just great for just sitting on the couch while I'm well, love, love Island may not may or may not be on the television. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, That's awesome.
2: Uh, it's funny that you mentioned let listen, Steve tells everything.
1: I feel yeah, like, yeah.
0: like the concept behind Baldur's Gate sounds very intriguing, but it's mm. just like, it seems like too much game, you know? And I'm, I honestly yeah. get intimidated by that where I'm like, okay, I'm if I'm in this, I'm going to be in it for a long time. And you know we're we're in August now, so it's like we're not too far away from Armored Core. We're yeah. really not too far away from Sea of Stars, and I'm stoked for Sea of yeah, Stars. Sea of Stars yeah, looks so
2: so damn good. Yeah, I'm I'm amped for yeah. that.
0: So I'm kind of like, do I really want to like open open this new book? But there's, dice, I roll? rolls. there's yeah. dice rolls. There's dice rolls everywhere. Uh, it it is cool, and there's there's not really something like that that's out right now. So you know it, it's funny me, it's like me and my
1: friends for like three years straight every sunday would have a dD campaign going on yeah and it was pretty much during COVID and stuff and that's when we really got into D and now that this is coming out all i keep thinking about is man it would be lovely to like revisit that feeling again yeah I would love it but like, uh i don't know yeah
2: that's the tricky I, bit it's like you, you there's so many big games coming out and like if you're the type of person that you'll know, likes to keep up with the conversation you know like it's it's hard for me to like I, I, I try i try i try not to but then the minute the conversation gets interesting i'm like i want to hear what i want to understand what people are saying right yeah. like, you're
1: talking about justin in my entire relationship yeah. he finds the games, he plays everything yeah. and then when he talks about something with some interest i'm just like that actually sounds amazing yeah so it's exhausting run, and man.
0: expensive but it's the kind of thing where, like, when, I, when I was young, we originally started in games media, so, like, yeah. I had this very strong, like, pride element where I'm, like, I want to be the guy that you can you come know. up to and, and talk to any game about, and, like, I'll have something to say, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nowadays it seems like a bit of a fool's errand because there's just too much stuff coming out all the time. There's so much. So I feel man. Like you
1: got
2: to
0: kind of pick your lanes. And that's for me. me it's from the A's
1: like, to the A's. Indies. For me it's less
2: about like it's for me it's less about like the pride element and more about
1: um the FOMO.
2: It's it's definitely it's definitely the FOMO for sure. And it's also definitely that nothing else in my life interests me as much as video games either. Like I someone's like, that. have you seen this new show? You're welcome baby. <laughs> yeah. If, if someone's like, have you seen this new show? And I'm like, I could watch that show or I could do the thing that I like doing way better than watching shows, which is playing a video game. Right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's really difficult for me to be like, to justify like, I'm going to do something other than this. <laughs> like Actually,
0: this, <laughs> is <often laughs> this is often a point of contention in my household. Cause like yeah. my, my wife wants to watch like movies and, and TV shows yeah. and stuff but i just like can't it's so hard for me to justify doing anything but playing games cuz i'm just like but mm. I, this is it's just so good and i'm so yeah. interested in what's in how this develops you know what i mean it's
2: like the movie but you're like walking around in it come on yeah it's just the <laughs> better it's medium that. like let's just call it what it's it the is. better medium precisely yeah.
1: the engageable medium steve yeah. actually it's funny because I, I like how we're talking about also now incorporating shows a fascinating moment earlier this year for me was going to a ski cabin, like a ski lodge, yeah. and like hanging out with a bunch of my friends, none of which play video games. Yeah. But all of which were watching uh, Love Island? Last of Us. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, Love yeah, Island. Yeah, yeah Love Last Island. Of Us. Is, what, what's the difference? It's the same. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <basically> the same. <laughs> but it was interesting because it was only at that moment where there was some level of like, oh we're both jazzed about the same thing yeah. same like height and then I can talk to you about video games and you'll be interested yeah, that's in hearing so cool. my point of view on that mm. um, but yeah did you experience anything like that too uh, with any of your friends or the people that you, I, you were talking to I- <laughs>
2: I definitely, I definitely have that experience for sure. I mean, cause like the majority of people I talk to are less into video games than I am, even if they're into video games. Um, yeah. And I, and I sometimes forget that because I'm so into, you know, into video games, but um, I, well, I have a four-year-old kid and so, you know, sometimes we'll be like, we'll go to the park or something and she'll be playing and then a bunch of other kids will come up and start playing. And like kids, just will just talk to you. They'll just start talking to you, and they're yeah. like, "I really like this." I really, like, so if they're wearing a Pokemon shirt or something, for example, yeah. like I'm like, "Oh, that's perfect." Like, I can like I know all about Pokemon, and yeah. I'm like, yeah. "What is it? What other thing does?" A four-year-old or a five-year-old have in common with like a man in his 30s like yeah <laughs> i'll talk to you about all the evolutions of pokemon that's great like yeah that is awesome See, <laughs> so my kids my kids just about that's to turn hilarious.
0: two so he's not yeah. like there yet but i very yeah. much look forward to that stuff and I, i'm actually kind of like wondering what that's gonna look like <laughs> you know because yeah. like when yeah. i was a kid like my parents didn't play games like my my dad had a game boy and like yeah. that was pretty much it But like now it's like I think about my kid when his friends come over and in his dad's office, they're just surrounded
2: by games from like every generation. Dude, it's it's, a weird thing. It's weird to have to be the one that's like, all right, stop playing. You're done. And then she's like, no, like like we literally we went to go see the Mario movie. Right. It was, was like three or four months ago, whenever that was. And since then, every single day I have played Super Mario 3D World with her. Because she wants to be Peach, she literally <laughs> really says, "My too. my name is Peach." She won't allow me to call her <laughs> her real name. Yeah. So so every day I play at least three or four levels of Super Mario Three D World, which amazing. you know it's a, it's a great game. I'm not tired of it yet. But to be the person that's like, dude, you're going to bed now. Like no, it's I done. Think about
0: yeah. this all the time because like I'll yeah. put my kid like I'll put my kid to go to sleep, and then I'm yeah. like, just thinking about it from his perspective, it's like. You know, I put him down. It's like, okay, it's bedtime, whatever. And then he overhears me and Allie playing Mario Party downstairs.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, oh, man, you actually are having all the fun while I'm trying to go to sleep, you know? No, my wife and I will do the same thing, but like what if she's we hear her like crack open the door we're like turn the lights off turn everything everything (laughs) off it's like like we're hiding from like solicitors at the door or something pretend you're reading (laughs) yeah exactly oh my no it's 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 wild man it's it's really cool to be able to i'm just excited to be connected again right because i'm like i feel like i like the games i like i've grown up playing you know like final fantasy is To us, everything, because it was such an important series. But, you know, I don't know how, you know, kids probably don't care as much about Final Fantasy anymore, you know. So I'm excited to kind of, like, get reconnected to, like, when my kid is coming up in school, like, what are the games that she's going to be interested in? What are her friends playing? Like, like, it's going to be so interesting. I feel like I'm kind of like sort of training my kid in a way.
0: So like he, Uh, he already like, we've played like Mario Bros one, like he'll sit down and like, he's like calling out the stuff on the TV. He'll be like, Oh, like big castle and all this kind of stuff. Um, But I actually got him this uh, Final Fantasy picture book. It's called, like, Cho- uh, The Chocobo and the Airship. And, like, as oh, we're, cute. like, going through this picture book, like, he'll point at, like, the Black Mage. And I'll be like, Black Mage, Chocobo, yes. best friends. And I'm like, <laughs> That's
1: yes. so funny. Oh, like, my I God. It is insane that he knows all of the classes from Final Fantasy. He one. knows
0: all the classes. Like I'll go to a page it's where crazy. like there's the whole battle setup, and he'll be like, "Red Mage, White Mage, you know, Warrior, Chocobo instead." Oh, and I'm like, "Yes, that did it." That is so good. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah. Uh, I can <laughs> talk about kids forever. He's just like,
2: oh, yeah, man. It's such a cool it, experience. I mean, who knows what they're gonna be playing? You know, like we would have never mm-hmm. guessed that, like. Fortnite or or Roblox or any of these games would be like the hotness, right? And like, yeah. I I'm like I'm on TikTok and I watch like you know what the streamers are playing on TikTok and stuff, and it's like things like you know only up and like yeah yeah you know, I'm like. I feel somewhat connected, like I went and I played a bunch of only up. Cause I'm like, I'm curious about this game. And yeah. so
1: I am curious about only up. What did you, did you like? I mean, besides it's uh, no, it was was a, it's thoughts? a hate play for sure. It's
2: like, yeah, you know, it's like Flappy sure. bird. It's like, you know, yeah, it's like, uh, it, mechanically, it. um, it, right? um, it, it's just, it's, it's hard to play. It's, it it mm-hmm. the, there are invisible walls and whatever but it there's a magic to it you know it's like there's a magic in the challenge of defeating this game that doesn't want you to to beat it like most games are yeah. like come on through see this white path on the ground see mm-hmm. this yellow line follow that it's like come on up like this is the path to beat the game we want you to see all the content yeah. this game is like mm-hmm. here's a bunch of assets figure out how to use these assets it's almost like Using the game against itself Like you're not It, mm. it never feels like It never feels like You're on the right path And yeah. if you think You're on the right path Like you're wrong Because <laughs> uh, yeah. It's going to end And you're going to be like Well okay So like there's It's like It's, it's almost in a way like Taking modern level design um, mm. and, and I, I maybe attributing Too much sophistication to it But like It's like Taking modern level design And just Twisting all your expectations Of like Right way, yeah. wrong way. Like it's just saying, like, "Hey, the world is this wild, wacky place. Navigate it." Yeah, we're not it's here funny to help Because you. like,
1: <laughs> there's definitely a few games like that. I can't remember. There's a mobile game or like an iPad game or something like that that would take basically like basic. UI and like user experience or like gameplay like directions that you would just see and then they Tropes, would you know move yeah. move the, the platform yeah move the platform just slightly knowing that you were gonna fall in this direction and then like, kill you and then you have to start over yeah. again. but like the more that these eight games start to come out like Justin and I had a conversation about this before. We start wondering whether or not there are some developers literally just building a product for a specific type of target audience and this one being specifically the Twitch streamers for their their streaming I can tell right?
2: you so 100%. I mean, I don't know about this game. I, yeah, I, I have, have no idea about this game and, and the origin, but I, I can absolutely tell you that there are people that are building things in weird platforms you would imagine. never imagine or building building a specific idea for it to be a viral idea or, you know what I mean? Right. Like it's very much. Yeah. 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 I
0: remember this from back in the day. One of my buddies, he worked for, I, I can't remember the name of the company, but this is when league of legends was at its like peak. Yeah. Uh, and they made this game infinite crisis, which was another mm-hmm. MOBA, but they have, they actually had a brand Yeah, they had a brand deal with DC. That's exactly right. And literally their whole motto was like, we just need 1% of League of Legends audience and we'll be a successful game. Mm -hmm. And they Mm -hmm. couldn't even get that. They were like, which is crazy because like with the brand strength and stuff, but that was like, uh, Justin, to your point, this was a game that was developed literally with the intention of this is the audience we're attacking. Like this is exactly what we're trying to serve right now. We're delivering something similar and we want to like peel off 1% of this audience and we're going to do it with the Joker.
1: But
2: the thing that's crazy too is that there's an increasing amount of people who are able to just make a thing at their house with a friend or alone or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so a lot of these, these publishers and companies know like, okay, like there's a bunch of crazy ideas that are out there that we can, you know, we can pick up at some point. Right. So like they wait for Mm -hmm. it to get a little bit of traction and maybe throw their weight behind it or whatever. But, um, That's why, like, the divide between AAA and indie is just getting so much wider because, like, a lot of these publishers know, like, okay, there's so many weird, cool, super specific niche ideas Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. are being made by one person um, that we can spend very little money to market and get out there Mm -hmm. um, versus AAA, which, you know, takes teams of thousands sometimes and requires years and years, years of iteration millions of dollars yeah. you know yeah and and something like uh what's what's the the multiplayer game with the little bean guys uh not not a uh, fall not guys, fall but guys. The other one. uh among us among us like yeah you just have these weird wow. things that are like this specifically was great during this era when we were all at home and where people were streaming it and like it just worked and it probably didn't cost them much to make that game but
1: yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah target audiences and, and- understanding your, your industry well at that moment definitely plays a part in the decision-making. Yeah, it's like hard to compete. We're definitely starting to realize the data can help yep. build games at the right time. You got to think of yep. people
0: in that position too, right? Like if the Among Us crowd, like if if their popularity died off and they were like, okay, we made a crazy amount of money during COVID, how do we pivot? Like how do we get back into that? Yeah. Right? It's yeah. such a specific situation that that game came out in, you
2: know? Totally. And like okay. their expertise may just be in that style of game, right? Yeah. Like... Like, or, or in that kind of multiplayer, or whatever yeah. it is. So, to who knows us, what they would make? Yeah,
0: to yeah. bring us full circle to what you said, maybe they'll have somebody come in that's like, "Hey, we want the Among Us people to make us the game that's going to be like this." You know, totally. And, could and, be. And if I
2: was the Among that's Us good. people, I'd be like,
1: "Heck no, dude! I'm making, <laughs> I'm
2: making a lot of money, dude." Yeah, like we do We do <laughs> yeah, what We have to right. do. We're, you know, we're just fine. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right, Steven All the games that you've you've made or been part of yeah. so far, how much? How much does like? How much does? market research and data play in part with making those decisions to make that game? Um, I would say
2: a lot, but, um, passion is the thing that gets games really made.
1: So, Mm, like, I see.
2: So, like, from the perspective of, like, you know, someone will come in and be, okay, I'll give an example, right? This is very specific example wrestle story right we're Mm -hmm. making we're making a turn-based wrestling rpg um Mm -hmm. that is our own world right so we're not pitching like this is the this is this version or that version with this company or that company right um so at first people like well yeah why don't you make this why don't you have parodies of bulk brogan and all this other and like why don't you do this and why don't you team up with this wrestling company and like you know there was a lot of things that were like hey you could boost this if you did this right mm-hmm. and we were like well we just really want to make a wrestling game like we don't want to compromise on these things and like our passion is what kept pushing it through mm. And we're like, we know we can find our audience, right? Like, we knew that, we knew anecdotally that there was a lot there, (laughs) um, but we didn't have like the hard, hard numbers right off the bat. We since Mm -hmm. have generated that, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And have sort of proved that out, but only after
1: taking the risk
2: to start. Yeah, like there was a certain passion and an interest in doing this thing that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, became a thing. But, you know, on the flip side, like when a company is coming to you saying, we have this amount of money, we wanna do this. Um, then you, you, you know, you'd be damn sure that there's going to be a ton of research, a ton of people saying well, this many people played this, then we should do this, or this many people watched this movie with this art style mm-hmm. this game mm-hmm. has this art style cool, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. There's all yeah. of that yeah. research that's happening like on other games in the space, other media other trends um, but at the end of the day people are just taking stabs Mm. Um, there's never a foolproof like, hey, data has said we should do this, and it's going to be a hit. Like, because yeah. yeah. that passion has to be the thing that's driving it. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes
0: a lot of sense. Yeah, it's got to be a, a hard a hard road though. You know, to to yeah. really sort of like stand behind that vision and and like kind of hold to your convictions and be like, no, this is what it's going to be. You know. Yeah.
2: Yes, it is. Yeah. Especially <laughs> it's when you're trying so to, like, hard. Yeah, especially yeah. when you're
0: holding up, like, other people and you've got a whole team to worry about and, like, make that's sure that everyone's maintaining the same level of commitment to it, you right. know?
2: I mean, that's... Yeah. That is... You're always going to have people that, that just don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No matter what you're making. Like, even even if you look at these other games, like... Fair. like yeah. Like, hey, we want to make a multiplayer game, like, to go back to, you know, Fall Guys. Like, to make a, we want to make a multiplayer game about these little beans. Someone's always going to be like oh, people are going to see those beans and not like those beans, right? They're going to like, there's always going to be something to, to fight,
1: right? Like, I would say like Last of Us Part Two is also so, uh, I feel like the verdict on that was so just dis- like, so split because some people really understood what they were going for and other people were really like, they just didn't get it. Yeah. They just, they just didn't get yeah. it.
2: Yeah. And like, think about that, but like 10 layers deeper of like, Hey, I am the person that's responsible for saying we should make this game, and I'm going to give right. you and I'm going to give you a check that says I mm-hmm. co-sign it. And if this game does badly, it's going to look bad for me, the person who gave you the check. Like there yeah, is extra totally. layers of hesitation, obviously through that. So um, it's tough. And right now, I think the industry, like I said, is in a weird place where games are becoming cheaper to to get to market for smaller teams mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with these like very like specific experiences, like an Only Up, for example, right? Um, and then on the other end, you know, the, the AAA is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so kind of that, that... That justifying a lot of these kind of like indie, kind of like premium indie titles, unless you're established, mm. is really hard, right? It's because, yeah. you know, Beyonce can put out an album and everyone's going to buy it because she's established, she's established artist, right? Yeah. And Supergiant is going to put out another... Hades, Hades, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. they're the and and everyone's going to buy that, and that's established. And they can afford it, but for like for smaller companies that are kind of in the middle of like, hey, we, you know, that's why we end up doing a lot of work for hire and like yeah. making sure that mm-hmm. we're we're keeping ourselves afloat. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a tough grind sometimes, but. I feel like the people that want to do it we do it because we don't see ourselves doing anything else you know like it's, For sure.
1: Dude, it's totally. like, you gotta you gotta make the Porsche Cayennes of the world to play with the Porsche 911s you know what I mean? exactly <laughs> you want to make the nice stuff but like you got to make the other stuff that pays off you know and, 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 even, and, and the good those. thing
2: is even when you're making that stuff you still get to make a game learn well, you yeah, know yeah, and yeah, like it's like too. you're getting better you're getting more skilled and, and you're yeah. able to apply the stuff into the passion projects you know and you're and uh, uh, getting to connect and empathize with different audiences and player types that you might not have done before is so so helpful. Like yeah. it's partly yeah. why I, like I love playing like games with my kid because I get to see what a kid would do in a game,
1: totally. right? And like yeah. what she's interested. Oh, in. True, actually. Um, yeah. You have a case study at home. You have sample size. Yeah. just a just it's a swash. small
2: sample size, but it's yeah. <laughs> uh, it's good. It helps. You know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's enough
1: it's, to be informed. Yeah, wait until our friends come over. Yeah. Oh God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's certainly. That's when great... they start taking the controller from me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Ripping your boxes
2: open. Yeah. And... Well,
0: it's certainly a crazy journey the uh, the path of the indie game, and we're certainly excited to see how things continue to develop for Wrestle Story. All of our listeners should totally wishlist it right now. By the way. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's It's going to be awesome to uh to see how everything pans out and and sort of the the path that you guys continue to take. Um, but I think we're coming sure. up on time here. So mm-hmm. if it's cool with you guys, I think we can bring this uh, this podcast to a close for now. Um, it. Steve, yeah. it is such a pleasure to have you on. And I'm really glad that we had the opportunity to just kind of like sit back and, and you know, talk about games and, you know, what's going
2: on, you know? Yeah, me too. You guys are great. This was it's really awesome. fun. Thanks for having me. We should me. do
1: this. We should we should just happen and have it happen like at least like yeah. once a quarter or something. Yeah,
2: or I'm, I'm I'm totally you know to I'm you right? know that I'm down and and also like at some point once we have kind of more to actually announce and talk about with Russell story like, you know I I it would be fun to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit more and talk a bit about kind of how we how we got to certain places because like there's totally. there's definitely stuff that I would want to share with you guys like. A, when you ask me certain questions, that I'm yes. like, okay, I'm gonna wait on that, and we can we can talk about that. Yeah, be your sure.
0: sounding board. Let's be the dev diary. Well, hell yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That's that would be really fun. Awesome,
0: um, awesome. Well, Steve, guys. thank you so much for your time today, uh, listeners. Be sure to check out Wrestle Story on Steam right now. You can wishlist that uh, and see all the development as it happens. But for now, thank you, Justin, and thank you, Steve. Thank you, we'll man. See Peace. you on the next one. Have a good day, everybody. All right,
1: later, guys.